one in your spiritual hearts. Give us understanding. Give us revelation. Thank you, Holy Father. Thank you, Holy Father. Send forth your word again today. Have mercy on us, Lord. Send your words to us richly this morning. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Put your hands together for Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. Amen and amen. Let's go together. Amen. This morning I want to speak to you about Jehoshaphat's victory as a case study. Jehoshaphat's victory as a case study. <laughs> Hallelujah. How many of you did a lot of case studies when you were school? Aha. Now I want to do a case study of Jehoshaphat's victory. And we believe we are going to learn lessons from it as we do. We are going to do it together. Hallelujah. Let's begin to read from... Let's go to Second Chronicles chapter 20. Second Chronicles chapter 20. When you do a case study, you learn a lesson from it. The purpose of doing a case study is so you can learn from it. See mistakes some people made, if there are any. See the positive side of those who are positive in it. And draw wisdom from everything you see. See all the players. In a case study, you want to look at all the players involved. And what roles they play. And so you can also learn wisdom from every one of them. Hallelujah. Alright, in this case study, there are various players. Hallelujah. There are various players. I said there are various players. Alright, I, I said there are various players in this. Uh, number one, the major player here is God himself. God is the major player here. God is the major player. Number two, Jehoshaphat the king is also a, a notable player in this case study. Number three, the people of Judah. They are also a player on, the, on their own as a group, as an entity in their cooperation with the king. Number four, the enemies. The enemies which consist of uh, three nations, three separate nations, the children of Moab, the children of Ammon, 
and the people of Mount Seir. What number did I call that? Pardon? Alright, good. And number five, there is another player that is behind the scene. Uh, that's Satan. That's Satan. He's playing, but he's just behind the scene. Many times the devil stares up enemy against you. He may not show up physically. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's start to read. We'll see the others as we go on. And it came to pass after this also that the children of Moab, the children of Ammon, and with them other beside the Ammonites came against Jehoshaphat to battle. Hallelujah. Three nations came against Jehoshaphat. The Moabites, the Ammonites, and the people of Mount Seir. Let's go to verse 2. Then there came also that told Jehoshaphat, saying, There come a great multitude against thee from beyond the sea on this side, Syria. Behold, they be in Hezozon Tema, which is in Jedi. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed the fast throughout Judah. And Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord. Even out of all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. And Joseph had stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court. And said, O Lord God of our fathers, and not thou God in heaven, and rulest not thou over all the kingdoms of the heathen, and in thy hand is there not power and might, so that none is able to withstand thee. But not thou art God who didst drive the inhabitants of this land, before thy people Israel, and gavest it to the seed of Abraham thy friend forever. And they dwell therein, and have built thee a sanctuary therein, for thy name, saying, If, if when evil cometh upon us as the sword judgment of pestilence or famine, we stand before this house, and in thy presence, for thy name is in this house, and cry unto thee in our affliction, then thou wilt hear and help. 
We are reading from Second Chronicles chapter 20. I hope you know we are reading Second Chronicles chapter 20. Very popular scripture. Somebody said I didn't say it. I, 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 that was an omission. Second Chronicles 20. Hallelujah. All right. Let me go on with the reading. Verse 10 now. Verse 10. And now behold the children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom thou wouldest not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt. But they turned from them and destroyed them not. Behold, I say, how they reward us. So come to cast us out of thy possession, which thou hast given us to inherit. Alright. Let's uh, go back to verse 1. Verses 1. Verses 1 to 2, we can say the problem or the appearance of the problem. Verses 1 to 2 give us the problem showed up. The appearance of the problem. And it came to pass after this also that the children of Moab and the children of Ammon, with them of other side, with them other beside the Ammonites, other beside Jamon, they talking of people of Monsia, came against Jehoshaphat to battle. And there came some that told Jehoshaphat, saying, There cometh a great multitude against thee from beyond the sea on this side Syria. And behold, they be Hazel Temak, which is in Gidai. Now, that, verses 1 to 2, that is the presentation or appearance of the problem. The same thing that happened to Jehoshaphat happens in your life. When a problem comes, appearance of the problem. It may be, I need money. I need money to do this, I don't have it, how do I get this money? It may not be money, it may be sickness. It may not be sickness, it may be a demonic attack. It may not be a demonic attack, it may be a threat from an enemy. Maybe your boss at work, your relations sometimes when the family is not in good situation that does happen sometimes there have been cases of people of the same parents boasting against each other even to kill each other but that's a very bad situation people in a family should walk in love very special and deep love then from verse 3, we see the response of Jehoshaphat. The same thing happens to you. Problem appears, then your response. How do you respond? How you respond to problems is what matters. There is nobody who will pass through this world without facing problems. 
There is no promise like that in the Bible. That when you accept Christ, you will not have problems. You will not have challenges. There is no promise like that. If you have seen it, come and show me. Come and teach me if you have seen it. I have not seen anything like that there. Jesus never said, if you are a believer, you will not have problems. Did he say so? You don't know. He didn't say you won't have problems. But he said you overcome your problems. Actually, he said the opposite. He said you are going to have problems. That's what Jesus said. So he said, in this world, you have tribulation. Did he not say so? Is that not a problem? <laughs> and some people, when they get saved, they expect there will be no problem. Jesus didn't promise there will be no problem. He promised there will be problems. But he promised you will overcome those problems. That they will not overcome you. Amen? Hallelujah. Some people keep worried. I've given my life to Christ. I've been saved. Why am I having problems? There is no human being on the face of the earth who will not have problems. The richest of men still have problems. The most highly placed people on earth, they still have problems. Hallelujah. And when Jesus saved you into his house, into the family of God, he never promised there will be no problem. He rather, he, he told you there will be problems. Because he said, in this world, you are going to have what? Tribulation. But he said, don't be afraid, I have overcome the world. In other words, you are going to overcome. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's a wrong preaching when you are preaching to the unsaved. And you tell them you are not going to have problems. Your problem will come to an end. Yes, your problems will come to an end because Jesus will give you victory. But that does not mean other problems will not come. But he will continue to give you victory. I will give you peace. Hallelujah. Jesus said it very clearly. In the Gospel of John. In the Gospel of John, he said it clearly. That in this world, you are going to have tribulation. John 16, verse 33. John chapter 16, verse 33. These things are spoken unto you. That in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. That's promising you you are going to overcome. Whatever challenges, whatever problems may come your way. Jesus promised victory. Amen. He didn't promise there will be no problem. But he promised victory over your problems. Amen. No, don't be afraid of problems. You know the only person who doesn't have problems? You want me to tell you? <laughs> the mind is great. <laughs> yeah, he got it. <laughs> if you are afraid, you don't want to have problems. <laughs> that means you want to rush there quickly. <laughs> that will not be your portion. In the name of Jesus. I said, that will not be your portion in Jesus' name. You finish all the time God has given you on the earth in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Problem solving continues throughout lifetime. Amen. Hallelujah. 
What's God doing? He's solving problems. That's why I sent Jesus to save us. It's a problem solving procedure. Because man sin. It wasn't God's problem. It was man's problem. Are you understanding? But your son's problem. Is it not your problem? <laughs> if you have a son and he has problem, do you think you don't have problem? Oh, you surely have problem. You have a child he has problem, you surely have problem to solve. So God, God on his own has no problem. He's in control of everything. But when his son sinned and messed up everything, God could not be looking out of love. Say, I'm going to solve this problem for my son. A problem solving procedure. And you have to understand that you have the nature of God. And because you have the nature of God, the problem solving ability is already in you. Are you understanding? If you only keep calm. Some people, when problem comes, they panic. Hey, 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 hey. Then they are disconnected. The moment you panic, you are disconnected from the source of wisdom, which is God. Well, if a problem occurs, cool down, calm. They say, Lord, what should I do now? He will talk to you. That's the key. Amen. Because before the problem came, he was there. While the problem was coming on the way, he saw it. Are you hearing now? He saw it. He didn't stop it because he believes he has invested something in you that is able to solve the problem. Are you understanding? Problems God knows you have no way of solving, you have no way of handling, he will stop it on the way. Are you understanding? He will send his angel, hey, go and block that. It won't get to you at all. But anyone that gets to you, that means God knows the wisdom He has put in you. He knows that His investments in you. Some time ago we were talking about investments of God in us. You remember? God knows His investments in you are sufficient as of that time to handle that problem. But when the problem comes, hey, 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 the moment you panic, you are disconnected from the source of solution. So always remember that. Jehoshaphat did not panic. Jehoshaphat feared. So fear is not the same as to panic. Are you understanding? Even sometimes the greatest of men fear. The very or most courageous people among war, men of war, sometimes they fear. To fear is not the same as to panic. For God's encouragement, we always come to you. Fear not. Fear not. Fear not. If you are able to connect properly with God, even when problems come, you will not fear. That's a higher level. But Jehoshaphat even feared. Boy, he did not panic. It's when you panic, you mess things up. Jehoshaphat feared, but in his fear, he sought the Lord. Bible says Jehoshaphat feared, and then he sought the Lord. He cried to God. God! I can't handle this alone! That's what many people don't do when problems come. 
Instead of calling God, they start calling uncle so-and-so, auntie so-and-so. They start calling men. And when all the men cannot help them, then they say, Lord, what will I do? They go back to God. That was where they ought to have started from. He will run to a friend. Ah, sorry, there's nothing. That was, he will run nothing. Then he will say, Oh, Lua, oh, uh-huh. That was where you ought to have started. Your shepherd didn't run to any king. You know, it was the practice in those days when they had armies too great for them to handle, they would call for cooperation. Are you understanding? Joshua didn't call the king of Egypt. He didn't call the king of Assyria. He didn't call anybody. He called the living God. Hallelujah. The problem was a big problem. The magnitude of the problem. I'll go up to something else now. This is a case study. I'm now talking about the magnitude of the problem. The magnitude of the problem, what was the magnitude? It was great. It was a great problem. I think I've read John 16:33. Pardon? All right, let me shift from there. Look at it. Let's go back to Second Chronicles, chapter 20, verse 1 and verse 2. Let's see the magnitude of the problem there. It came to pass after this also that the children of Moab and the children of Ammon and with them other beside the Ammonites came against Jehoshaphat to battle. Verse 2. Then there came also excuse me then there came some that told Jehoshaphat saying there cometh a great multitude against thee from beyond the sea on this side Syria. How was the multitude? A great multitude was a great multitude of warriors. Now that was a big problem. So the magnitude of the problem was great. Sometimes some some of us today when we have challenges, some people prefer to call problems challenges. I think I like it. It's a challenge and you overcome it. Some are scared of the word problems. Or they call it challenge. Are you understanding? Or whether you call it problem or challenge, uh, problems are meant to be what? Solved. I mean, your mathematics. Problems are meant to be solved. And there is no problem without a solution. Yes. The problem, problem has a solution. If you haven't gotten the solution, then you think more. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The magnitude of the problem was great. For some people, they are carried away by the magnitude of the problem that faces them. The moment they see the magnitude, they lose hearts. They become faint-hearted. They lose hope. Some give up. Absolutely give up. But never do that. Tell somebody, never give up. Never give up. Never look at the magnitude of your problem. Look at your God. Your God is 
There is no word to describe the magnitude of God's power, grace, love, and all his attributes. God is just awesome. It's infinitely great. Infinitely great. There is no end to his greatness. When we say God is infinitely great, it means there is no end to his greatness. There is no word to describe it. There are no figures to measure it. Are you understanding? Infinitely powerful. Infinitely loving. So there is no great, there is no how your sin can be so great, God cannot forgive anymore. His love is infinitely large. His power is infinitely great. So no matter what your problems are or the magnitude of your problem, the power of God far, far surpasses your problem. Hallelujah. So look at the infinite power, infinitely great power of God. Don't look at the magnitude of your problem. Or look at the infinitely great power of your God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I've mentioned uh, the response of Jehoshaphat. We look at that from verse 3. Go back there. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord. And proclaimed the fast throughout all Judah. Jehoshaphat feared. Though God will always tell his children, fear not. God doesn't want you to fear. But he even feared. But he didn't mess things up because though he feared, he didn't panic. In his fear, he sought the Lord. Amen. And God delivered him from his fears. Hallelujah. When you seek the Lord in your fears... God will deliver you from your fears. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord. And proclaimed the fast throughout all Judah. Look at that language. He set himself to seek the Lord. So that's what you have to do. When you are facing a challenge or a problem. Don't be afraid of the word problem. Every, remember every problem has a solution. Amen. Don't let anything intimidate you. Don't let the word problem intimidate you. Whether you call it problem or challenge, it's the same thing. Or some are scared of the word problem. You don't need to be scared. Every problem has an answer, has a solution. Jehoshaphat set himself to seek the Lord. Look at the language. He organized, he set himself. That's talking of organization. He organized a corporate prayer. Are you understanding? He set himself. What you say set himself? He's talking of a plan. He devised a spiritual strategy. The enemies have come with material strategy. But he changed the dimension of the warfare. Are you understanding? He changed it to spiritual. He didn't say, go and count the number of horses we have. And count the chariots and the swords. Was that what he said? 
one count the number of horses and the chariots and the, and, and the swords. Count the bows. Count the number of soldiers. He didn't bother about those. First thing first. Say first thing first. Those will come in later. But without the first thing, they'll be useless. No matter how many soldiers you are able to count. First thing first. He set himself to seek the Lord. He organized corporate praying. To seek the face of the Lord. Hallelujah. That's a lesson for every one of us. When challenges come, your response must be to seek the Lord. To take the problem or the challenge to God. Not just to be shaking and be afraid. Some people, they will be grumbling. They will sit alone and be doing hands like this. And be grumbling as if God you have disappointed. What is all this now? God, this is not what you said. Did he say you won't have problems? He said you overcome the problem. So if they come, take them to him. And let him solve the problem. And because they start to grumble. And start to accuse God. God who cannot be accused of anything. Instead of getting help from God, help will turn away from them. Whatever happens, first of all, understand that God can never be at fault. Never, never. Rule that out. Why did God allow it? God can never be at fault. So, Maybe you are the one that allowed it. Maybe it's not even God. Are you understanding? Certain things you allow by not praying. Or by not praying sufficiently. By leaving the place of prayer. When you are supposed to pray. I've seen some problems God showed me in the past. Showed me clearly, once, twice, but I didn't pray enough. Because I was distracted by uh, attending to people. And they, but the problem came. And the people could not help me, all those people I was attending to. <laughs> and God reminded me, I told you, you didn't pray enough. You prayed a little. I showed you second time, you prayed a little. I was carried away with attending to this, attending to that. When God shows you something, spend quality time to pray. Are you understanding? Pray until God says enough. Don't brush it aside. Some prayers cannot be postponed. Are you understanding? Some prayers are urgent. That's why when God shows you something, don't delay. Don't delay. If you are sure to you, then act. Hallelujah. Joshua feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And Judah gathered themselves together. To ask help of the Lord 
Even out of all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. Jehoshaphat, as a player, a major player, because he was the king, organized the people into corporate praying. Proclaimed the fast throughout of Judah, and Judah responded. That was their own part. They cooperated with the spiritual strategy of the king. They didn't start to criticize him. Instead of going to count the horses or chariots, is it time to fast now? No, they cooperated. And Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord. Even out of all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. They came to do what? They came to seek the Lord. And that's, that's, that's exactly the same pattern you have to follow. Seek the Lord. The Bible says, seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face forevermore. That must be the first thing in your life when any challenge comes. First Chronicles sixteen eleven. Seek the Lord and His strength. Seek His face continually. First Chronicles chapter sixteen verse eleven. Seek the Lord and His strength. Seek his face continually. Hallelujah. That's the will of God for you. Anytime a challenge comes, anytime the enemy is harassing, anytime the enemy is trying to make you afraid, Remember, you have a God. Don't be afraid. Seek the strength of your God. What I said? Seek the strength of your God. Shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Seek the strength of your God. Seek the Lord and His strength. Seek His face continually. Those who learn to seek the Lord will always overcome their enemies. They will not be disappointed because the Lord they seek will answer them. I say the Lord they seek will answer them. Psalm 105 verse 4. Psalm 105 verse 4. Seek the Lord and His strength. Seek His face evermore. Seek His face evermore. Jehoshaphat sought the Lord because he understood God was in control. That must be your mind also 
when you are seeking the Lord. Amen. Anytime you are seeking the Lord, that must be your mind. Understand that nothing is too difficult for God. Jeremiah 32, 17. Jeremiah 32, verse 17. Ah, Lord God, behold, thou hast made the heaven and the earth by thy great power, and stretched out arm, and nothing is too difficult for thee. Excuse me. And nothing is too hard for thee. Nothing is too hard for thee. Anything too hard for God to do? Nothing. Nothing is too hard for thee. That's the living God. Nothing is too hard for him. Seeking the Lord must be from the mind that God is infinite in power. And that nothing is too hard. Nothing is even hard. Let's even remove the two. Nothing is hard for him. Nothing is difficult for God. God testified to Jeremiah, Behold, I am the Lord. The God of our flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? The answer is nothing. If you think it's hard, God is asking you, All right, do you think it's too hard for me? Hallelujah. Uh, Jeremiah 32, 27. That's what we just read. Jehoshaphat's prayer. Next thing we look at in the case study is Jehoshaphat's prayer. Jehoshaphat's prayer from verse 5. When Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new courts and said, O Lord God of our fathers, are not thou God in heaven? And rulest not thou over all the kingdoms of the heathen? And in thy hand is there no power and might, so that none is able to withstand thee? Shout hallelujah! Jehoshaphat exalted God in his prayer. He saw a God who was in control. He was praying to a God who was what? In control. But I said was, he still is forever in control. But this is an event that's happened in the past. Yoshaphat was praying to a God who was and is in control. Some people when they are praying, the language of their prayer, you know, they are, they are not even sure if God is in control. They say, Lord, uh, begin to all kinds of <laughs> funny languages. They say, Lord, Lord, what, what can you do now? Is <laughs> uh, God, you are saying, what can you do? Then you don't know Him. They say, come on, say, Lord, this, 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 this thing has happened now. They say, they, they, and he, instead of praying, we'll be complaining. 
He said, he said, Lord, and I told you I didn't want to. How can you tell God? Are you the one to direct him? He's now complaining and grumbling. For Jehoshaphat, in his prayer, he exalted God. He exalted the greatness of God. Promoted the name of the Lord. Oh Lord God of our fathers. That's history. Isn't it? Oh Lord God of our fathers. That means you didn't start with us today. We have a history with you. What you did for our fathers, you are going to do for us. And not doubt God in heaven. God where? In heaven. Above all, that's what you say. Not just God in Israel, but God in heaven. Rulest not thou over all the kingdoms of the hidden. God was God of Israel. But Jehoshaphat understood that God was in charge of all the kingdoms of the hidden. That God was the governor among the nations. It's a place in the Bible that describes God in that way. He calls him the governor among the nations. That means governor over all the nations of the world. God is the one that controls events. That does not mean God sent a murderer to kill people. Are you understanding? That's not what I'm saying. Or he sent uh, those who are throwing bombs to destroy life. No. Satan is the one sending them. But certain situations on earth have led to that permission. Are you understanding? When we say God is in control, when he's ready to stop it, he will stop it absolutely. You won't hear any sound again. Hallelujah. But there are many things human beings do that permit certain things. Or there might even be a harvest for certain things. And said, O Lord God of our fathers, and not thou God in heaven, and rulest not thou over all the kingdoms of the hidden. And in thy hand is there no power might, so that none is able to withstand thee. So that what? That was the God Jehoshaphat was praying to. That's the way you pray. You must see that your God is in control of the universe. If you are not sure, nobody can withstand your God. Then you are not praying with faith. You must know your God. Tell somebody, know your God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bible says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Somebody told you, that Juju man, he killed the number of people he has killed in this town. <laughs> you better run from him. <laughs> Hallelujah. It depends on what you believe. If you believe his Juju is greater than the power of your God, then you have no protection. For if you believe that his power, his juju power or demonic power is nothing compared to the power of your God, then you are going to overcome him. Amen. That's how to overcome. Joseph had declared, there is none that can stand before you. 
And when the devil tries to harass you, you need to talk back. I'm serving the living God. No devil can stand before my God. I don't care where you went to get your demonic power. He can't stand before the name of Jesus. That means you know what you are saying. Provided you are speaking from your heart. Amen. Jehoshaphat was faced by three nations. He was speaking and telling God, no matter what their number, you can overcome them. Three nations against one all over twelve of a nation. Simple proportion. That is equivalent to 36 nations against one nation. Are you understanding? That was not a small problem. You think that's a small problem? 36 countries gathering their machinery and war artillery together to fight one, to fight one country. Hallelujah. The, uh, the magnitude of the problem was great. But Jehoshaphat saw his God greater. That's the way you must approach problem solving. Verse 7, another God who desired the inhabitants of this land before thy people Israel and gave us it to the seed of Abraham thy friend forever. That's knowledge now. He knows what God has done. That's why the Bible said, My people perish. Judgment of pestilence or famine. We stand before this house and in thy presence. For thy name is in this house. And cry unto thee in our affliction. Then thou wilt hear and help. That's a promise of God. Tell somebody, know your God. Know the word of your God. He was quoting what God has promised. At the time of the dedication of the temple. For God said, if you stand and call on me, I will hear you. Solomon prayed it in prayer. And God said, I agree. Let it be so. If they call on me, I will hear. Hallelujah. He said, you have said you will hear and help. It's one thing to hear. It's another thing to help. Are you, are you following? I said, it's one thing to hear. It's another thing to help. Many people hear of problems. Many people have heard of your problems in the past, but they did not help. Is it a lie? But God will help you in Jesus' name. He will raise up help for you in Jesus' name. It's the help of God that matters. But some people say, this person is hard. He didn't help. That uncle hard. He didn't help. That my friend hard. He didn't help. Don't worry. God will help you. Your God will help you in Jesus' name. In helping you, in many cases, my sister send human beings to you. But then, he will be the one in control. It will, they will come by his mandates. Hallelujah. Verse 10. And now behold the children of Ammon and Moab and Monsia, whom thou wouldest not let Israel in bed when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and destroyed them not. Behold, I said, How they reward us to come to cast us out of thy possession. 
which thou hast given us to inherit. That's knowing your stuff now. He knew God gave it to them to inherit. You must know the word of God. You must know your stuff. You must know what what has been given to you in your redemption in Christ. Amen? Christ has redeemed you. You are the redeemed of the Lord. He has given you good health. It's your heritage. If the devil wants to take away your good health, then that's an attack. You have to fight back. He has also given you victory over satanic power. There is no amount of satanic power that should overcome you. They may fight you, but they will not overcome you. Hallelujah. God has given you financial prosperity. He has given you victory over the enemy. He has given you blessings of good spiritual life. All the package of what he has given you, you have to discover them from the word of God. They are your inheritance. So that when the devil is trying to cheat you, or trying to take away what God has given to you, you are going to say, no devil, stop. This is my inheritance from the Lord. Yoshaphat knew his stuff. He said, God, you gave it to us to inherit. Don't let them cast us out. Verse 12. Oh, our God, will thou not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that cometh against us. Neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. He called for God's intervention. He terminated his prayer by saying, Lord, judge them. Stop them. Don't let them come and kill us here. In his prayer, he confessed to God he had no might against these people. Did you notice? Did you notice? You are not looking at your Bible. He said, I have no might. We rather. We have no might. Did you see there? We have to say, Lord, look at them. We don't know how many hundreds of thousands they were. Or maybe millions. He said, Lord, look at the armory. How many soldiers do we have? How many ammunition? There's nothing we can use to fight these people. If you don't fight for us, they will destroy us. He confessed his inability. What did he do? He confessed his inability before God. It's not weakness. When you confess your inability before God, it's not weakness. You are asking for his strength. If you are telling God you are able, then you are a fool. Then if you are able, God will leave you alone to go and fight on your own. Or you can tell God we are able in your name. Amen. In your name we are able. That's faith. Amen. But if you now tell God all by yourself you are able, then he will leave you alone. Your, your fall will be worse than that of Goliath. 
You remember how small David killed Goliath? Never tell God I can do it alone. No, it's your God. Never trust in yourself. Put your trust only in God. Never in yourself. In the case of Jehoshaphat, there was no hope. The magnitude of the problem that faced him, equivalent of 36 nations against one nation, was a great magnitude. And he said, Lord, there is no way we can, we have no chance of survival in this battle. If you don't help us, we are doomed. No chance of survival. Hallelujah. And God responded. Tell somebody, God responded. Likewise, when you call on God, He is going to respond. Joseph terminated his word by saying, Our eyes are upon thee. That's the last, the last, those are the last words in verse 12. But eyes are upon thee. He said, For we have no might against this great company that cometh against us. Neither know we what to do. Have you ever been in a point where you don't know what to do? Anybody? Anybody? Wave your hand, wave your hand. Yes, you are not alone. When you don't know what to do, tell Baba God. Tell your Father God. He's going to show up. Amen. Joseph said, we don't know what to do. We have no ammunition to fight these people. We don't even have enough soldiers. This is a great army. 36 nations against one nation. Hallelujah. You understand my mathematics? Judah was one all over 12 of a nation. Three whole nations. Balance it up. You have one against 36. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, and their children. Say everybody was involved. Say it. Everybody was involved. There are times in your family, all of you need to seek the Lord. Not only your father, not only your mother. The father, the mother, the children, there are times everybody needs to cry to God in prayer. Sometimes with fasting. That was what they did here. Then, upon Jehoshaphat, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jehiah, the son of Mataniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, came the Spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. That was the response of God. He released the spirit of prophecy. He said, I've had my son. I have seen his fear. I've seen his trouble. In his fear, he did not seek to idols. He didn't seek to the arm of flesh. He has called upon my name. I release my spirit. <laughs> Hallelujah. He didn't go to Egypt for help. The Bible says, Woe unto those that go to Egypt for help. Because they didn't call upon the Lord in their, in their, in their afflictions, in their prayer. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Bible say warn to them. Because they instead of running to God, they ran to the arm of flesh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God sent his spirit and his spirit descended upon this man because Joshua did not run to the arm of flesh he didn't go to idols Isaiah 31 verse 1 let's look at that quickly and we'll go back there what are them that go down to Egypt for help and stay on horses and trust in chariots because they are many and in horsemen because they are very strong for they look not unto the Holy One of Israel, neither seek the Lord. Wow. Hallelujah. God was annoyed with them. At that time, instead of seeking God, they went to Egypt for help. And what was to their destruction? To their what? All the help of Egypt, all the things they gave them, everything was destroyed. Because they didn't receive the blessing of God. God said, Woe to them that go down to Egypt for help and stay on horses and trust in chariots because they are many and in horsemen because they are very strong. But they look not unto the Holy One of Israel, neither seek the Lord. So don't make that mistake. Don't make that mistake. Again, I remember the psalmist. When he said, some trust in chariots and in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Psalm chapter 20. Psalm 20 verse 7. Verse 7 verse 8 verse 9. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Can you say me to that? They are brought down and fallen. Who are those? Those who trust in chariots and horses. Who trust in the arm of flesh. But we are risen and stand upright. Amen. Say I am risen. And stand upright. Verse 9. Save Lord. Let the king hear us when we call. Hallelujah. Back to Second Chronicles 20. After the prayer of Jehoshaphat, there was an interlude in verse 13. They stood before the Lord. In the peace, what did he read? Having done all, stand. You remember it? Having done all, stand. Jehoshaphat did not read that. Did he read it? As if he read it at that time? But he understood the principle. Haven't finished the prayer. They stood there before the Lord. They said, Lord, we are not going from here. We are in your presence. We are not going until you give us a solution. Because we have no other solution. Then the Lord responded. The Lord will respond to you. 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 
Hallelujah. Then the Lord responded because the man prayed and he stood. Having done all, stand. The Lord released the spirit of prophecy. Verse 14. And upon Jehaziah, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jehiel, the son of Mataniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, came the spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. In the midst of the congregation. Verse 15. And he said, Hacking ye all Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou King Jehoshaphat, God said the Lord unto you, Be not afraid, nor dismayed, by reason of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but God. Shout hallelujah! The battle is not yours, but God. The same is true of all the battles of your life. Whether health, financial, material, career, educational, stubborn children, stubborn wife or whatever problem you have. Difficult husband that is an oppressor. Poverty, whatever it is. The battle is not yours, but God's. Turn it to God and He will fight for you. Let's stop here today. Let's stop here today. Let's say God will give you thanks. We thank you for the word we have had today. We glorify your name. We adore your holy name. Let's give Him thanks. Let's give Him praise. Let's give God thanks. Let's give God praise for the word that we have had today. The battle strategy God has given you begin to apply it to the challenges of your life. The battle challenges. The battle challenges God has given to you begin to apply it to your life. Every problem will be solved. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs>